and boom goes the dynamite. Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen, to the boom. And for the very for the very first time, we are coming to you live on video as well as on audio. So if you are listening at home, um, you know, be a little patient. It's our first week. We're going to be throwing up photos, video, that sort of thing. Um, and I think we'll we'll keep it leveled out to where you'll know what we're talking about in the audio. Just be patient with us. Um, I'm your host, James B. McDaniel. And as usual, I'm here with my co-host, Kevin Ely. Kevin, how's your week been? We just finished watching the Super Bowl. We did. I'm a little like little kind of wanting to wind down but now my energy's back up yeah we exactly we've got to get it up because this was an amazing week of dynamite we had big debuts and of course we can't start the show without talking about the bearcat himself keith lee <laughs> is in dynamite and isaiah cassidy god even knows where he is that man was thrown somewhere in the next week he's gonna land in a random rampage match coming up in the next couple weeks yeah he came down just in time to land in the West Coast replay. <laughs> exactly. That, listen, I was giddy like a schoolgirl when he did that move. Like, as giddy as I was when he debuted, I was even more giddy when, when he did that. that. I loved that so much. And listen, as soon as that happened, the guy I was on the phone with was like, Tony Khan needs to slip like 5K into Isaiah's pocket for making that happen. Because <laughs> that was clearly mostly Isaiah. He did a killer, killer job. What did you think of the match overall? I thought it was a perfect debut. I even saw yeah. that uh, uh, Jim Cornette said it was the best debut they've ever had on AEW, oh, which wow. is, you know, grain those of salt. Are, but look, those are that's very, high praise. This high praise from a well respected wrestling legend and clear ma current madman. But <laughs> right. one of the things I was a little concerned about is how the fact that, look, we're talking about Keith Lee first because I think he is, to most Americans, to most fans, the bigger deal. Mm -hmm. But Switchblade Jay White actually debuted first. He debuted right before the commercial break. Yep. And then um, Keith Lee after. And as cool as it was to get Jay White, I wonder how many like WWE fans that don't watch AEW tuned in for the big reveal. They saw Jay White. Do you think, do you think there were some people out there saw Jay White and like, oh, I'm changing the channel. It's a nobody. You know, I don't know. Cause I, I don't, really don't I know. Think Cause like, I, I bet a ton of people had no idea who he yeah, was. Cause I think hardcores like us had kind of heard at least earlier in the day, if not earlier, there's mm. probably going to be two debuts. One will be a Forbidden Door debut, and the other will be the debut for the Face the Revolution ladder match. And when J they did Jay White first, I was super excited, and then I thought, people, there are people right now changing the channel because they don't know who he is. They don't watch New Japan. And the thing is, if you are a longtime New Japan watcher, I think you might be more excited about Switchblade even than Keith Lee. They're both really exciting guys. Mm -hmm. And yeah, um, that was just that was that was my big thought right there is shouldn't you have done Keith Lee first because he's the most recognizable? Maybe I don't know if he would have been a turnoff. I do wonder if people. I think they yeah. intentionally set it up to make you think that he was you know on his way to the ring. That was a very like Attitude Era kind of debut. Where I hadn't even thought of that. That's a great know, point, Kevin. He's he's uh, because a lot of people they had, I think they had already teased that it was going to be the qualifier match next, right? And and then maybe they thought, you know, him coming out like that made you think, oh, okay, and now he's going to enter and wrestle. Yeah. And then you get the, 
you know, the the Keith Lee thing. There were people chanting Keith Lee in the crowd, though. Oh, yeah, they before, knew before he, he debuted. They knew. And that's so much like the Ruby Soho uh, debut. And mm -hmm. I love it. I love the fact or the that the CM Punk debut. Yeah. AEW has continually been able to debut people without saying who's debuting and, right. and everyone figured it out, even though, by the way, all week, like the Young Bucks, everybody, they were talking about Jeff Hardy. Like mm -hmm. they were wanting you to think it was Jeff Hardy because we thought it was Jeff Hardy until we both found out, oh, he can't make any yeah, debut <laughs> until March 10th. But yeah. the other thing with Jay White with Switchblade is that was a little disappointing to me a couple days after this because I, I guarantee you the guys of the Dynamite show have talked Jay White to death. The fact that we discovered the next day that Tony Khan signed Jay White like last minute to protect the definition of the forbidden door because when he initially said that someone was coming through the forbidden door it def it it did not fit the definition upsetting right. fans upsetting very everyone strict definition that's firmly established yeah. in the rex wrestling lexicon yeah and official now, rule book i love that tony khan dearly wants to defend and protect the definition of the forbidden yeah. door but I'm real nervous because I was thinking we're getting Jay White full time here on out. Now I don't know. Are we just getting a quick run from Jay White, who's also wrestling an impact? Who knows? Well, I think it's telling that of the three people who debuted on Dynamite uh, that night, Jay White, Keith Lee, and AQA, yeah. two of them got all elite graphics, and one of them was Jay White. Oh, that's so, a good point. To me, it shows that it's probably a short-term deal or a per-appearance kind of thing. Maybe just bring in for an appearance or maybe, you know, through the pay-per-view or something like that and then see what happens. I'm it, seemed, it, yeah. it seems like you didn't think through it very much. No, I really hope the fans are able to uh, show such support for Jay White. He sticks around. Um, mm -hmm. Really hope that happens. Yeah, I, he's. I mean, I, I'm a fan of his. I know yeah. a lot of people are turned off by it, by the way he's booked in New Japan with all the mm. stallings, kind of Larry Zabisco, kind of. Yeah. You know, if Larry Zabisco was super fast and smooth, but <laughs> uh, you know, with all the stalling and and head, you know, and trolling and everything. Yeah. Uh, my thing with Jay though is like I've he he his character. He can't just kind of come in and work his way up like the thing about jay white is what makes him great is he comes in and says i'm the top guy yeah and then he just sits there and proves it and that's how he's worked in new japan so um you know we haven't heard from him yet really other than a quick little line so right. you know i hope that he didn't get too far ahead of himself by being so defensive about not wanting to get trolled on twitter that he literally brought in the major <laughs> major star just to yeah. escape criticism but um you know, it it could be really cool if he if he thinks on his feet. I have high hopes, and I saw somebody post that um, that like I don't remember where I saw this. It might have been somebody in Fight Game Media. If it is, and I'm not giving you credit, I really apologize. I know. And I need to take better notes in the Facebook group. Yeah, let us know. Listen, if it was you that said this, and it was in Fight Game Media, drop a comment right here on the YouTube channel, and uh, we will make sure and acknowledge you next week. But the idea that what if the long term storyline is Adam Cole knows the young bucks killed him in being the elite 
Mm. And that's why he brought in Red Dragon. That's why he's bringing in Jay White. That all the he is basically assembling an army to destroy Kenny Omega when he returns. And I really hope that's part of this because I really, if we only have a limited, if we only have Jay White for a limited amount of time, I I really want to see, I want to see Jay White Kenny Omega. I want to see Jay White Brian Danielson those type of matches. I hope we get them. Very much hope so. Yeah, me too. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you want more talk about who we would like to see, like Jay White, what we'd like to see out of him, make sure and join the Fight Game Media uh, Patreon group. Become a patron, $5 a month. We do a special patron show every month that's only accessible to people who are subscribers. And uh, we did our February show last week. It's a two-hour breakdown of what we would like to see out of AEW this year, who we want to see them sign, who they should cut, what we think the long-term storyline should be. And even though it was two hours... We got yep. almost all the criticism we got is why didn't you talk about this? You left out this person. They wanted a full on <laughs> Joe Rogan experience, five hour mega show. And yes. maybe one day we'll give them that. Maybe one day we'll just do, we're going to go 24 hours live on YouTube. That's our bonus show. Right. God help you, Kevin Ely, if I try and make that happen. Yeah, I was getting a little punchy there by the end of that two hours. <laughs> yeah. But we still had like, I still had about half a page of notes that we yeah, hadn't even I gotten had a, to yet. I had a bunch of stuff that I was like, we yeah. can't go over two hours. Our, was our, a deep, editor, deep dive. Our, edit, Garrett, our editor Garrett would probably lose his mind if we gave him like a four-hour <laughs> show. But yeah, it was a really deep dive, and you can get that and loads of other bonus content from all the other shows at Fight Game Media every week, $5, patreon.com slash Media. Also, please check out FightGameMedia.com. It's, to me, it's your go-to source for pro wrestling, MMA, boxing, all of it. And by the way, one last thing. If you're a big fan of the Yoshi women, uh, the, the Japanese women who've come into AEW, we have a, a, a dedicated show for that on the, pa on the Patreon cast. Uh, and I, I particularly like that because when the women come in, I'll just fall in love with like their names, like Lulu Pencil. Mm -hmm. I saw Lulu Pencil come out in a suit and her name's Lulu Pencil. I'm all in. Maybe my favorite wrestler of all time. And, uh, <laughs> and that way, then you can actually find out about this new love of your life, your favorite wrestler of all time, your Lulu Pencils of the world. So before yep. we get deeper in the show, Kevin, let's hit this week's rankings now as always these are the rankings that were released on wednesday let's start with the tag team division all right tag teams so we'll talk about also little spoilers or yeah because we've for got how we see it changing major matches happened after this was released right these were released on wednesday of the show they're kind of spotty on when they release them sometimes it's yeah. tuesday wednesday for some one time it was friday uh, but these were Wednesday before Dynamite aired. And Tag Team, this is interesting. There's a lot of movement on it because... There's been a lot of changes in all the ra rankings this week. Right. So they had number five, Private Party, who's, mm -hmm. you know, single. maybe the, now that uh, Isaiah Cassidy is orbiting the Earth, they'll probably yeah. fall off the list. <laughs> yeah, they're going to have to take a week off. Uh, I'm going to skip number four and come back to him. Number three, FTR, uh, who lost to uh moxley and punk yep so they would be two and one match. the acclaimed are three and one mm -hmm. um and then number one was the gun club who had their shot and lost so they'll yes, fall boys. uh the acclaimed would theoretically stick to three and one mm -hmm. and be the number one contenders ftr would drop but the number four there is the interesting one to me which is the kings of the black throne honoring yeah. the house of black and all the lore 
uh, Malachi Black and Brody King. They are on the upswing. I didn't and they write have a down big their records. What's the okay? Yeah. What's the big match next week? Two and zero. Oh. So next week it's going to be the two of them against uh, Penta it's and Penta, Pac. Isn't it? Yeah, Penta and Pack. And I believe uh, we're going to get like a new version of Penta with a new outfit, a new costume. Right. I'm excited about that. So theoretically, if they win that match, they will be three and zero, which I would say would pull them ahead of the acclaimed at three and one and make them instantly in one week the number one contenders, yeah, which would be very intriguing to me. The ass boys are going to drop. Yep. Um, yeah, that's that's really interesting, especially heading into the pay per view. That's something we're going to talk about more later in the show. Uh, kind of the matches we see coming right now for Revolution. We're clearly going to be wrong about some. I think we're going to be right about some. But mm-hmm. right now, Jurassic Express, they just got rid of, of the gun club. And now, like, who's next? Also, no Danhausen interference. I was a little disappointed. I don't want Danhausen getting too slotted in anywhere right now. I don't want him right. being the the best friends guy, the, the chaos guy. I want him being the tr- like the true chaos god. Right, I want the real him, chaos guy. I want him to be popping out anywhere and everywhere. And right now, it's only been basically best friends or Pungi Vice matches. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I want I want true chaos coming although because of that because of that uh-huh. if they extend it one more week i do want to see the face-off between switchblade jay white and dan Housen. oh my god yeah that could potentially happen next week i really can't wait for for dan Housen to get like his first time to be horribly offended by profanity on aew like i could see mjf <laughs> cutting a promo and him coming out and and briefly cursing him and then leaving yeah. for using profanity i'd love to see that well his first act one of his first acts uh was to curse john moxley that's true who dropped an f-bomb on dynamite the week before so. that's true all right now we've got the the women's rankings we've got number five red velvet who you are a bigger fan of than i but glad to I see i i do like seeing a lot of the young women kind of here in the rankings and a j number four we've got serena deeb at number three uh, Thunder Rosa right here at number two, getting ready for revolution coming up. Mm-hmm. Inexplicably, we have legit Layla, Layla Hirsch coming in at number one at 4-0. And then, of course, Jade Cargill, the, T- the TBS champion, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, the world champion. And I think it's clear we're getting a setup of, uh, I think, it. well, you know, I don't want to talk about that right this second. There's, I don't think there's been a lot of movement in this, in the women's no. rankings this week. So let's go ahead and skip directly to the men's singles rankings where the heck did they go you know what would you just like to read them to yeah, us i'll just read them i off, can't freaking find them. them that is all right uh number five we have powerhouse hobbs at four and one okay number four andrade el idolo uh, that's a surprise to me yeah like i know he's been getting wins but it's a surprise. He's that he like two up. and zero. Oh. Yeah. So that's it's it's a quirk of the rating system, and you know, in the, into, the insight into Tony Khan's brain is they yeah. reset the records, so we're only a month into the records. Right. Um, number three, Dante Martin, who's been there for a while, at five and zero. Oh. Right. Uh, Adam Cole is number two. He fell to number two, even though he hasn't lost. He's four and zero oh, uh, in twenty twenty two. And then Lance Archer was five and zero at number one. Squashed a bunch of people on Dark and Elevation to get there, and then yeah. he lost to Adam Page. So presumably he will drop, and Adam Cole will rightfully assume his place at the front of the line, which you could tell that he did at the end of Dynamite. Yeah. Um, and then I, I'm thinking the rest of these people are all kind of 
um, playing against each other in the TNT title picture, probably. Dante right. and Hobbs are facing next week to get into the ladder match. So one of them is going to take a loss. Um, you know, it yeah. feels like Hobbs would... Be- I feel like they're positioning Hobbs to be the guy to take the loss, but I can't see it. Like for some reason, I see him winning this. The only, I I kind of do too, but the only reason I think that they may not is because they already have Keith Lee in the ladder match, and right. I don't know if they would want to put Keith Lee and Hobbs in the ladder match. Although I that's a pretty, that's a lot of be pretty interested in, in one ladder them. match. That's yeah, a, that's a big I would love special it. right there. Yeah, I would love to see that. Um, so you know what? Let's start talking right now about uh, the world title match. You know, yeah, we're talking about we're talking about the world champion. We're talking about, and here we have our graphic here. Um, this is him. This is Adam Page after his match with Lance Archer, which I thought was a phenomenal match. Mm-hmm. It did turn out to be a bloodbath, like I kind of like I was kind of alluding to last week. And then we have Adam Cole come in, grab his belt. And not do something crazy, not try and steal the belt, but basically challenge him. Puts the belt over his yep. shoulder, slaps him on the chest. We're finally getting where we've been expecting we were going um, in the in the build-up to Revolution. Uh, before we jump ahead, though, what did you think of the match overall? I thought it was good. I mean, I you know, I've kind of been complaining lately about the amount of blood in AEW. So, a lot of blood. I, you know, I... So <laughs> Hangman Page, uh, you know, made a great epic troll tweet. Uh, the day after the match, saying that he was tired of bleeding every month, yeah, and uh, got lit up by a bunch of women who didn't realize he was making the same joke they were. There's been so, uh, we need to, you know, we need to do after should have been on dynamite. We need to add a new section every week for like what's happening on social media because there's so many yeah. things like that we need to be presenting just to show people where to go to read the read the replies like on that. Yeah. I cannot just um, I, I I haven't been through the replies on that, but my God, they've got to be great. The quote that's, tweets, it's pretty funny. Good yeah. lord, that's probably a good yeah. a solid hour of entertainment right there, Kevin. Yeah, I you know I uh, the match was really creative though, and it was um, uh, it was it was pretty epic considering that no one expected uh, Hangman to lose. The fact that they had so much drama, and I yeah. feel bad for him because he really put his body through the record of, to build some drama in there with the. Um, that was the blackout on the ring step was just horrifying. Oh God! And then the amount, you know, the amount of blood and everything like that. What did you think um, of? What did you think of the kind of? I don't want to say gimmick, but what did you think of the strategy of uh, of Jake the Snake taking off that top rope, or was it Dan Lambert that took down the Lambert, top rope? Yeah. yeah, so that he couldn't do the uh, he couldn't do the. Uh, the, his the his finishing shot. move, yeah, the buckshot lariat. My man, when something leaves my brain, it clean, it flat out goes. Yeah, the buckshot lariat, which then goes back and it shows that his last few opponents, because Brian Danielson was doing a similar thing where he would just drop to the ground to avoid mm-hmm. the buckshot lariat, bail out of the ring, and this was a second strategy from a second opponent to yeah. do the same thing, which makes you wonder if Adam Adam Page is being seen as kind of a one move champion. I don't know if it's that. I think I think it was just setting up the creativity of the finish. I think someone yeah. just had an idea for how what happened. Someone probably was just saying like, "What would happen? How would you hit the buckshot lariat if you didn't yeah. have the top rope?" No, I, I really liked it. I really liked. I liked. It. I also liked that he hit it right away. Yeah, and set up. They they did you know did a uh, a, a ten count attempt uh, right in the beginning of the match, so you did get to see the move. Yeah, 
and then they took it out and then um and then the creativity at the end of how he b- rolled over uh Paul White's back to hit it was to the to the table to the outside was it was so good really great you mean Paul Turner right oh yeah sorry yeah. Paul Turner no worries yeah no it'd oh. <laughs> be a little harder to because I was like wait a Paul second White. I was like because listen <laughs> I always question myself I'm like yeah. was it Paul White when did Paul White get there um one thing I kept thinking, and I was on the phone with a friend who was asking me the question. He's like, man, this looks like so many of these like legendary matches we watched when we were kids. Mm-hmm. It feels like those matches. Well, it looks like it. The guys are great. We know it's a great match. It feels different, though. And we were talking about what makes this different. And I wonder, was it the the difference in production from like mm-hmm. the old NWA pre WCW days where all the lights in the arena are off, but over the ring, mm-hmm. or is it just that we're grownups now and we're, weren't quite at, we're not quite as in awe of what we're seeing in the ring now as when we were kids. But uh, this did absolutely bring me back to old NWA memories, the streets mm-hmm. of Atlanta running red with blood, at least according <laughs> to pro wrestling illustrated. Right. But uh, I really enjoyed it. And I was thinking about you. I was thinking about the blood thing, at least with the, here's the positive. They didn't start off the night at 7 PM with this match. They ended yeah. with it cl- much closer to nine, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought that's the right move. That's the way they should be going more often than not with bloody matches. Yeah. I don't know if it would have been the right thing to do ratings wise, but part of me wished they had put it on rampage and had uh, moved maybe the tag title match or yeah. something to dynamite. That probably wouldn't have made dynamite stronger, but yeah. probably would have been actually the real smart move. But just presentationally, I, I, I would have liked it ending the week more. Yeah. You know, that would be, no, then, that would have been and, fantastic. And also, it just wasn't the most talked about match of the night because no. Keith Lee was. So it was Listen, very, you know, it was going to get upstaged when this show started. Like we talked extensively about this match last week. I right. knew somewhere in the back of my my mush brain, I knew this match was happening when the show started. I had no memory of this match being on the show i was just thinking about keith lee i was just thinking about jay white and the forbidden door that's all i was thinking about Mm -hmm. and uh and then when i heard that i was like oh i forgot that's awesome like i really enjoyed the show i really really enjoyed dynamite this week we had we had all of this that we've talked about so far and we had this phenomenal mjf entrance what do you think of the entrance did it feel a little too wwe for you or were you all in on this no, it didn't feel too WWE no. at all to me. What it felt like, and uh, Jeff Hawkins pointed this out on the Dynamite show immediately after it aired, was what it felt like to me was 1986 NWA. That yeah. there were times, there were weeks when the good guys won, and there were weeks when the bad guys won. And the weeks that the bad guys won, they came to tell you all about all it. All about and, it, exactly. And this was one of those ones that it just, you know, no one, no cake blew up in anyone's face or anything like that. He came out and crowed and said everything he wanted to say. And then, and then Nikita and the superpowers came out, to, you know, challenged them into another match with uh, Punk and Sting and Darby with their baseball bats. And I love the little touches they did of like the huge entrance for the pinnacle yeah. and all the production. And then punk for once doesn't come out to cult of personality. He just comes out. Tony's got to run over to bring him the mic. It felt, made it feel more impromptu. Yeah. Uh, and the interplay with them just, you know, he, he was mad that he lost, you know, mm-hmm. uh, 
Um, and I, even though he had a claim, you know, like it still stings when MJF says, I beat you twice. I absolutely loved when he said that I want a rematch against the man who actually beat me against yeah. Wardlow. I loved yeah. that. That was so great. By the way, real quick, um, I actually liked what AEW did. Like MJF c- comes out. He starts making out with these women, particularly this redhead. Amazing, yes. And AEW gave that lady, they gave that redheaded lady a shout out on Instagram at AEW Glam. AEW Glam is the makeup woman, and she she like features everybody's makeup when it's done every week. They do the before and after, and they did it for that redheaded lady. And I like that just this woman had a bit part, and they gave her a shout out. You can go find out who she is, all that. I love that about AEW. That's fantastic. Yeah, that was such a great little moment, you know, where and where she grabs him and you yeah. know, it's just yeah, it's 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 just MJF getting to live out the fantasy of, you know, the character of MJF, how he always imagined his life should be. Yeah. One of, <laughs> one of the lines that I really like from the commentary on this one, I don't remember who said it, but they asked, Is MJF wearing white socks or is that just how little tan he has on his ankles? Yeah. whatever that they one really that on stuck yeah. with me yeah yeah his ridiculous spray tan and so of course this this entrance this leads to basically uh cm punk can get his rematch if mm-hmm. if he can if he can find a tag team partner who's not darby allen and not mm-hmm. sting mm-hmm. and they can beat ftr and it th- that match was good they're like this match is going to happen tonight and everybody yep. wondered Who's the who is his tag team yep. partner going to be? Again, playing up the expectations yeah. of and who's going to debut and win. Me being a child, I'm like, it's got to be Samoa Joe. It's got to be Samoa oh, Joe. We're getting more. We're getting more new people this week. I just I think I, I might have wept real wanted, tears if it if I had seen Joe and Punk team together. I wanted 18 people to debut Wednesday night, yeah. Kevin. I wanted all the debuts. You wanted a you wanted a Vince Russo reset, yeah. just oh like my God. I hate that we said that name, but absolutely. Just give me everything. <laughs> um, but I got to say, if it's not going to be Samoa Joe, John Moxley is a great tag team partner. And this led to one of the best matches of the week. It was so good. And uh, uh, Mox, like, uh, it didn't even occur to me that it would be him. They did no, such a never. good job of making you think about other things that you forgot that they didn't even announce one of the biggest stars in the show. Yeah. You know, and then as soon as I heard his music, I was like, oh, of course, he's not doing anything else. And it was just one of those. It's kind uh, of the two loner renegades joining up right. for one big fight against against assholes, basically. Right. Who but they both that, despise. Yeah. And but also that like moment where you're like, oh, wow, I haven't really seen these two together since in yeah. 10 years. Yeah, probably so long, uh, probably maybe you know, longer than since that. The PM, the CM Punk title reign. And you never really saw them team together because, you know, they were kind of his enforcers, you know, back yeah. when the shield was first formed and everything. So there's this cool history that got played into. Yeah. Um, and and it was just this great classic. Like, again, we talked about NWA 1986. Like that was a Sunday afternoon. You know, Barry Windham and uh, Dusty Rhodes against Tully and Flair, you know. Yeah, well, this was t- such a classic tag team wrestling trope, which is two megastars. Mm-hmm. Like Moxley, top of the food chain. CM Punk, yep. top of the food chain. How can this tag team, this lowly tag team, even right. though they're one of the best tag teams in the world, how can they stand up to this? And through their absolute mastery 
of yeah. tag team tactics they were taking these guys apart and made it an incredibly competitive match although in the in the end the two top singles guys beat the top guys tag team uh yeah. and so now my guess if i'm cm punk i ask for mjf in a cage at revolution do you think yep. that's where this is gonna go do you think it's a cage I, match i uh, yeah i do i think probably something like that i think this is kind of the classic time out. yeah it's, it's the classic match you use when when somebody has had all these this trouble with outside interference that keeps out mm -hmm. the ring it keeps well maybe keeps yeah, out the ring maybe. you never know that ring that ring will fit through a chain link yeah that listen i think a lot of people think this is going to be the blow off cm punk gets the win i don't know like I don't know against MJF. He just like MJF might end up on top of this of this feud at the end. I could see that happening. He really could because this could be they could be building to him being the next world champion. And if yeah. so, that would be a great way for him to do it. Um, I, I you know I really don't know which way I would go. No. Um, you could very easily see Wardlow do something like oh I sort of accidentally mistossed the ring and punk got it yeah you know and in a way that, that would has be plausible great. deniability and they can kind of keep it going where it's like word lows you know i really do like that they're finally doing what i called for way back in the beginning where punk starts working on Wardlow. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah he's actually to, calling yeah. him out in front of his mm -hmm. teammates i like that right and, and, and building them up and being like you know you're better than these guys right like yeah. you know and it was total, yeah, I hate to keep coming, you know, exposing my age and go back to the old school, but it reminds me of uh, when Sting and Eddie Gilbert were together and uh, You're the promoter. UWF whoever, South. Yeah, whoever the figurehead was at the time, I remember them had an ep whole episode. It had to be Bill Watts, right? Well, it was like a it was like an ex-NFL guy, like a John Aram or something like that, where okay. they, where, or a, maybe like Ken Mantell or someone, and he, and he, said uh you know i've been I'm, i'll defend the tv title against anybody as long as they're in the top 10 and he said great you'll defend against sting and then later in the show sting came out and everyone cheered him and went crazy and sting was like hey i'll never turn on hot stuff you know he's my yeah. buddy and then he leaves but you see that little look on his face where he's like oh he's he's turning soon <laughs> you know? and that's where they're at with wardlow how great is tony khan that he has had us ready for wardlow to flip for literally every show for three years, two and a half years. Right. He's playing a dangerous game right now because he he runs the risk of it peaking. But mm -hmm. uh, he, so he does keep upping the he does keep upping the ante though. Mm -hmm. When you think it can't do it anymore, he does keep doing it. Yeah. Okay. So I think one of the other biggest parts of this show leading to a big match next week. Santana and Ortiz versus Chris Jericho and Jake Hager. And by the way, in this photo, I feel bad for Jake Hager. I don't know why. He looks like Charlie Brown after he's like walking off screen with his head down. Yeah, his like, pants are too short. He's, yeah, he got pants. Somebody left him in the dryer too long. Maybe there's maybe he's wearing Sammy's pants. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just he's just looking rough while Santana is selling to the crowd so well. My yeah. God, he's so charismatic. This team needs to be tag champions yesterday, and I would mm -hmm. love to see him take them off Jurassic Express. 
What do you, so we've got that match next week. We've got Jericho and Hager versus Santana and Ortiz for the future of the inner circle. And frankly, I don't even remember at this point what the winner gets. I don't remember. I don't. I don't think they said. They I don't just think sort of the said, winner we'll gets anything. This. They didn't yeah. really say like they're just settling. Will they break up or not or anything that you know? Yeah. There was there was a lot I liked. I like that they're doing this storyline. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's time. I love that Santana, especially Santana, but Santana Ortiz are finally getting their own identity because everything they're saying is true. They have been held back by, they sacrificed their own growth by being a part of this unit. And they had moments to shine and they had great storylines and all that stuff. But like, they they should have been tag champs by now. They should have been a top team and they really subjugated themselves to the, to the Jericho stardom thing. They were about. And it's time the for feuds. them to break out. They were about the inner circle feuds, not about going right. for the titles. It is time for them to break out. Uh, they've got a great look going right now. Although, listen, I've I've liked every look they've had. I do. By the way, AEW is AEW is really keeping like the white and black makeup business That's right in business <laughs> with Santana, yeah. Ortiz, Thunder Rosa, Darby Allen, Sting. Right. Um, CM Punk when he wrestles with them, grease paint business going, and Danhausen, and they're all using white and black every week. Good Mm -hmm. lord! Um, What else with this? So Sammy Guevara basically said, "Like, look, I'm tired of all this fighting. I'm, I'm." He basically said, "I'm inner circle for life. I'm tired of all this fighting. I'm leaving the inner circle right now, unless you guys can work it out." kind of mm-hmm. leaving it to the two teams. I feel mm-hmm. like Santana and Ortiz have to win this. Chris Jericho, now a couple of years ago, might've said differently because Jake Hager was like the big enforcer and Chris Jericho was the top guy. Erico, mm-hmm. Jericho feels older, slower. He's lost a few pounds, so he's looking a little better. Um, Jake Hager appears to be very, very sad and have very short pants. <laughs> I don't know if that, if that tag team can take out Santana and Ortiz. Yeah, and then what would happen? And we don't even know. Like, what does that even mean? If <laughs> yeah, he loses. But you know, I I think somehow it's got to build to something at Revolution. Um, I'm kind of wondering if it's like a six man. You know, if if Eddie comes back and it's Santana Ortiz and Eddie um, against Jericho uh, Hager and maybe Sammy. Like maybe mm-hmm. Sammy kind of gets guilted into teaming yeah with them and yeah. then kind of pays the price you know doesn't defend his title on the pay-per-view or something you know and kind of gets roped into like this and is like finally like okay screw it i'm out yeah um i kind of wish that sammy had been a bigger deal in this segment i mean he's the champion he's one he's of the, the only theoretically, champion in the, the bunch theor- according to cody rose he's the top champion in the company yeah they're, they're wanting uh, these belts to be semi-equal Right. And and I like that. I like that they're attempting to do that. They're clearly mm-hmm. not semi equal, but they're they're making the effort. And right. uh and I actually thought, yeah, is like could this lead to Sammy stepping up and becoming more the leader while Jericho pulls back a little? And it doesn't like we're look like we're gonna get that, but I think he did mention something about like he's going for titles right now and he right. can't be dealing with all of this. He needs yeah. he needs a solid had, group around him like Jericho had. They they had a they had an opportunity to kind of dig in a little bit more into the backstory there with like talking about how Jericho would, you know, he'd be in the sex gods with Sammy and they'd get a world title shot. Or then he'd say, well, now Hager's my partner and we're going to go after the tag titles, you know, and they could have played that up. And then um, I would have really liked it if Sammy had just said, Hey, you know what? This was great for a while. And you guys are, 
you guys are family, but I'm out. Not because what it, the way they played it of saying like, I'm tired of this like bickering, mm-hmm. but just make it like, I'm out because I'm the TNT champion and I've got bigger things to worry about. Yeah. Like Y'all I'm get, get to back to me and, when this is worked out. Let right, me know. It, yeah. Like, I'm, like, and have him be the one who actually breaks it up. Right. Um, and, 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 and the inner circle explodes or whatever, but, and then, you know, maybe like even get, if they, gave him a hard time about, you know, worrying about Fuego del Sol or, you know, that yeah. kind of thing or his vlog and, you know, being distracted by Tay Conti or something, you know, like yeah. there, there's a lot they could have done to kind of weave him in and maybe they'll get there with it. I don't know. You know, um, I'm really interested to see where this ends up at revolution. Cause I think this is, most of this is going to be decided. I think, I think Santana and Ortiz will be moved beyond this in, in a mm-hmm. month before revolution. So I'm really interested. Are they gonna are they gonna be going for the tag title? Which I hope they are. And if so, what are Jericho and Hager gonna do? And if they actually do leave the inner circle, does the inner circle stay together and bring some other bring in some new blood, or could this be the end of the inner circle? They've been going three years. I think mm. the Horsemen and their prime were kind of going around three to four years, really yeah, kind of about how long. Though. Yeah, in different combinations, but this has been one solid for three years. And, and let's be honest, even in in the glory days, it felt like we had these groups together for ten years. We didn't. Yeah. I no. feel like I watched Rock and Roll Express versus Midnight Express for eight years. I probably watched them for six months, mm-hmm. and then they went their separate ways. The Horsemen. Right. Kept, kept evolution the shield they're yeah. all like three years yeah and that's kind of as as much as you're going to get out of a lot of these combinations and i've got to say i think it's time for J, jake hager to move on to either go full mma or do something different like his character is not interesting to me at the moment no his short pants aren't that interesting to me at the moment and I feel like we need a new jericho i think we need a heel jericho yep i agree i want new japan jericho right now so something else we saw is we saw uh, Jade Cargill take on AQA, uh, who is a new signing. She is official. She's got her uh, all, uh, like, AQA is all elite uh, badge out there. What was her name in NXT, and had you seen her wrestle before? Zeta Ramir. Okay. And I had seen her maybe once or twice, probably more than I noticed. I think I heard her name. Enhancement. I think I heard her name one time, ever. Yeah. She had one match of note where she defeated uh, Tony Storm in a sudden upset okay. with a, with a, with a shooting star press that was like a big thing, and then then she was in like a tag match uh, and then lost again, and then was never seen again. I think she had some right. injuries and things like okay. that, and that's what got her cut. I, um, I want to say this about her in this match: yeah. I thought she did pretty well until she didn't. Like there, there were some problems. There were some weaknesses we saw in this match, but I didn't see them all immediately. Like she seemed to be doing a fairly good job of mm-hmm. holding her own in this match at the beginning. And again, mm-hmm. it comes back to a complaint. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna file this complaint every week. Jade Cargill needs to be working against accomplished wrestlers, yes. not fresh meat through commercial breaks. Yes, like. Come on, y'all. Come on. We yeah. like we need Jade to get better. And I and I'm not saying she's not getting better, but yeah. you need to be maximizing the time Jade Cargill's spending in the ring since she's clearly not wrestling five times a week. I, I think on paper, mm-hmm. 
they probably had a really solid match. Like yeah. I, I, I look back and see what did it look like they were trying to do. I only really saw and how one close big did they get up. to it. Mm-hmm. I, you know, there were points where I thought, wow, Jay, this is Jay looks amazing in this match because there was like, you know, where she does the. Um, Something like she tried to go for an arm bar and Jade just lifts her up over her head with one arm and then does the bicep pump with the other right. arm, you know, like that, like, oh, okay, that's the stuff that you'll want to see that goes in the highlight package on TBS, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I think on paper, they thought this, if this, if all this goes according to plan, it'll be a great match for Jade and a great debut for AQA and everyone mm-hmm. will be excited that we that we signed her. Yeah. And that's but the, then they just went too long and yeah. and I think Jade was the one who messed up first because okay. uh what it appeared to be was um AQA uh she hit the shooting star press mm-hmm. and then she got a, there was a kick out which you shouldn't have done that but uh, <laughs> but then so she decides to go for another one and Jade is kind of on her hands and knees and you can tell that AQA is like intending to do something, but Jade's not in position and she's not getting into position. Right. And so I think she thought, well, what do I need to do? I looking back, what I think was supposed to happen was Jade was supposed to like ram the corner or something and knock her off the ropes. Right. But she was waiting for it to happen and she either got impatient or Jade was just taking too long and maybe she didn't trust her to do it. So mm-hmm. she just hopped down. And then once she hopped down, I think both of them just got in their head and just forgot where they were. Yeah. Uh, and so it was just a case where, like you said, there's just two people who are not ready to cover for the other. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and they just went off the rails. I, 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 I was surprised when I saw, I believe, the next day that AQA was signed. But mm-hmm. I did, again, I did like most of what I saw from her. And I think she's a good addition. But I th- just think there's so many other great women out there who could have been brought in that haven't been yet. And that's a little bit of a surprise to me, but I'm sure AQA is way easier to deal with than your Tony storms and all these other women out there. There's I'm sure there's plenty of negotiating going on that you don't have to do with somebody as young and as inexperienced as AQA, but I'm looking Mm -hmm. forward to see what she's got. I think she's going to grow into a very good wrestler. And again, that's one thing we've seen, particularly from Ty Conti. She did not look that great in NXT. She came over, she started out kind of average and got better and better. And, you know, maybe his back slid a little, but it shows that AEW can train, has done a very good job so far of training these women upright. Yep. Yep. Let's see. What are, what are some of the other big things to talk about? Um, you know what? What you think of the rookie five-minute challenge? I don't even remember it at With this point. Serena, Serena Deeb. It was yeah. right after that. That's right. She was, Okay. I it's can't remember young, the name of her Katie opponent. Arquette. Katie Arquette? Yeah. You know, it's a real shame we didn't get David Arquette in drag. That's a real shame because <laughs> I have seen some <laughs> David Arquette matches. David Arquette. Including, the one, including the one where he almost was murdered by Nick Gage. Right. Have you seen that, Kevin? Yes, I have. There's yeah. a documentary about it. Yeah, I really, I'm really looking good. forward to seeing the documentary. Um, yeah. I, look, I have, like, I watched it. I have no memory of that, Kevin. Like I remember, well, it was in a weird spot because it, it came, was in a it weird came, spot. It came after all the events right before it, and then before the main event, and 
I remember thinking, would they even have time for it? And the mm-hmm. only reason they did is because it was 59 seconds. <laughs> yeah, uh, I remember which was seeing... pretty amazing that she, you know, deep hit it to where the tap and the bell came exactly one minute. That was very well done. And that's something not many women outside of Serena Deeb can do. I got a mm-hmm. question. I had a friend lodge a complaint about Serena Deeb saying he loves, he loved face Serena Deeb. And mm-hmm. even though he thought he would love heal Serena Deeb, he's not feeling it because it doesn't feel like it's actually her. Hmm. Any thoughts on that statement? I'll say this. I, I, I see where he's coming from because I I'm think not, she's really likable. Yeah, I'm not loving her as a heel as much as I thought I would. Mm. Like, uh, But I, I don't have any huge complaints about it. Um, as soon as I saw that was a... I do remember as soon as I saw the five minutes kind of up on the clock, I knew this is going to be fast. This isn't going anywhere near yeah. this five-minute mark. Um, yeah. Something that's come up a lot on Fight Game Media on the Facebook page is people, there have been a lot of criticism about AEW not using Hikaru Shida. I want to be clear because I think we've said it before. The whole reason um, that Serena Deeb destroyed Hikaru's knee on live television was because uh, Hikaru needed to get back to Japan. I don't know why. Probably just she has family. She'd like to see him every now and then. And she was she's been going for a while. Uh, so she's back there for a few months. So we're not going to be seeing her be used uh, mm-hmm. probably until m- late March or April. I figure she'll probably be back. But yeah, that's why she's not there. It's not they're not using her. She is actively wrestling right now in Japan with right. family, all that sort of thing. So yeah, there was an, there was an unfortunate twitter blow up dust up that came and went really quickly that's where right she so- was in a she quote she was doing an interview and they uh or maybe it was a it was someone tw- tweeted a question to her maybe or something mm-hmm. where they said what's your favorite favorite moments in america or in there and she said sitting in catering talking about talk wrestling with my friends or something like that and yeah. she used the phrase sitting in catering which in is a negative in parlance. color yeah is code for I'm not being used adequately. Right. And so there were people who were like, is this, is she trying to throw shade on AEW? Is this a big swole situation? Because in an interview, she kind of did make she, similar references. She to talked what about swole how said. it's become early. Basically, she, uh, there was also an interview where she talked about how early on it was a benefit to be a Japanese wrestler in yes. AEW. And now it is a hindrance that you've got to work harder. But mm-hmm. basically because of all the new talent coming in. Right. And I think And also that they didn't get a lot of help from the company like getting apartments and things, you know, like doing things that where language was a barrier. Oh, I didn't know, know I didn't realize I didn't and, read that part. And it wasn't like super complainy, but mm-hmm. I think it was, you know, because it's a translation. Yeah. Uh it was very easy to read into it. And then when that combined with, you know, making a reference to sitting and catering, which yeah. I think like many people, including uh our friend Oliver Cop said that no, she really, that's actually her favorite thing to do is sit yeah. catering and talk with, you know, just talk wrestling with like, you know, Jake the Snake Roberts. And I think both me and Oliver, like, look, Oliver used to work for WWE, mm-hmm. but I know that me and Oliver in particular watch less WWE than maybe anybody else in the group. Mm-hmm. And so the whole catering negativity was had largely escaped me. Like I'd, I'd seen a couple stories, yeah but like then Brett when I read catering, Ruby. Yeah. When I read catering, I was thinking of me being on TV and movie sets, sitting mm-hmm. in catering. Right. Craft talk, service. Yeah. yeah. Talking to my buddy, Jamie Kaler, who used to be uh, a regular on, on a sitcom. And uh, 
and like learning about the comedy tours and all this, like from these older actors and these, these famous comedians. And those are some of my favorite memories from working on things I've worked on. And I, and I immediately recognized what she was saying. Like, it's amazing to have a Jake, the snake Roberts, um, have access right. to that type of person and just sit there and while away the hours earlier in the day. Cause most of these people are getting there like noon to go on and wrestle at seven 30, eight o'clock. Right. There's a lot of hours of downtime, mm-hmm. and um, and I love that. And now I don't even remember where we were going. I don't even remember what I was, where we were heading, uh, other than uh, oh, I was bringing up that Sheeta was out in Japan yeah. for right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, what else did we have going on this week? We haven't even gotten to uh, we haven't gotten to Dino to uh, Rampage yet. We had Jurassic Express match with the Gun Club. Um, it was a fine match, but I didn't think it was anywhere near as good a tag team match as we had earlier on the show with no. Rapungi Vice versus the Young Bucks with Danhausen being pulled out from under the ring after Orange Cassidy went under the ring. And basically, they're just using him as a distraction. Now, you pull him out. He curses you. You get jumped by people coming over the top rope. I need yep. better Danhausen, people. I we desperately need better Danhausen. Need, there's, that's the lesser Danhausen. That's the least Danhausen yeah. you can get. Also, and there's they, a little... Go ahead. Go ahead. There's a little sorry. Oh, not <laughs> there's at all. a uh, there's a little glint in his eye too when he comes out where he comes out and he's n- not sure why he's there. Yeah, you know, like yeah. he he kind of does the spacey eyes thing and then he's yeah. sort of like, okay, now what? Now where do I? It always feels like where do I go now is what I'm reading. Where do I go it. now? Yeah, I I kind of think and I saw a lot of people saying this. I didn't notice a strange walk from him, but a lot of people don't think his leg is completely healed up yet, and he's. Well, it was a pretty bad break, I think. It was a I mean, pretty he had a, bad. He had a rod break. put in, I think. Yeah. And um, so I get him not being used in matches. I get that. Yeah, but again, absolutely. there's so much more you can do, even if it's just on BTE or yeah. on everyone. By the way, he is used extensively. And we'll talk about this more in a bit on everyone's vlogs this week. Okay. Dan Housen was the big get for yeah. everyone doing a, blo- a vlog. And if you watch, well, again, we'll come back to that. He, um, he co-hosted the pre-show again, too, with uh, Alex Oh, I missed that. I missed that. Yeah. How was that? He actually uh, convinced. Uh, it was very bad in a funny way. He I saw him. Convinced, he co- convinced Alex that he was Dasha. <laughs> I also saw something. I don't remember where this was. He convinced Mark Henry to give him his watch. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, that sounds he, great. He, he is now the owner of Mark Henry's watch, his yeah. like $2,000 watch, because Dan has it very quickly, like, oh, thank you so much, and then yeah. just scurried away. It was pretty See, great. See, that's, that's the kind of thing we talked yes. about it before we went on air. That's the kind of thing you need to be doing. Like, they need to have a rampage where when they do the uh, main event promo, instead of Mark Henry, it's just Danhausen ra- randomly. And he's like, well, I guess it's time for the yeah, main event like now. He, you know, the, they have the little scene pop up in the mm-hmm. center. And you don't see Mark Henry, and then Danhausen just kind of yeah. wanders in and picks wanders up the in. mic. He's like, oh, what? What are you? What are you folks doing? That's a pretty decent Danhausen, my friend. I've got to give it yeah. to you. That's pretty. That's, that's like Christopher Walken. You just kind of speed it up. Got a Danhausen now. <laughs> Let's see. Um, so we again, the Jurassic Express match was the main event. No Danhausen in that. That was a real shame. Yeah. Um, we Gun got look good though. Who's that? The gun club looked good, though. They did look good. They did look good. And 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 one of the things they pointed out, which we've been see- they are very similar to uh, to Hook in a way, in that we've seen all of these guys on TV for a couple of years now, especially during mm-hmm. the pandemic when they were. I got to say, the gun club were kind of the stars, some of the stars of the ringside yeah. crew. They were Number really showing out. 
And uh, but they have not had many matches. They were saying at least one of the members of the Gun Club has had under fifteen total pro matches, and they're good. Mm-hmm. Again, this didn't live up to CM Punk, uh, and and John Moxley versus FTR. But there's no way it could have. These guys again are very very young, and even even Jurassic Express, they're not exactly the oldest pros out there. Right. You know, not not compared to FTR. John Moxley and CM Punk, but it was a good match. So saying it was the third best tag match of the week, I think Mm -hmm. is fair and it's not a negative. It was a solid, it was a very solid match. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they need to get dropped down the rankings a bit. I would love to really watch them fighting their way back up because like right now, I like, I love the ass boys thing they had going with Danhausen. Billy Gunn is phenomenal. They need more of an identity than yep. just they're the ass boys. Like they need their yeah. identity as a tag team. And I think they haven't fully developed it yet. And I'm excited to see them to see them develop it. Yeah, you know, this match actually made me wonder. Um, I don't think we talked about them in our Patreon show, but um they might be one of the people that I would say, you know, your best place might be NXT two point You know? Really? Uh, okay. Uh, where it's like I I don't know if we'll see them at this level again in AEW, right? You know, there's just too many great teams. And the thing is, is is like one of the like I don't they're not somebody I would normally say maybe you should cut because they're so mm-hmm. young. And again, I think right they there is there's like fifteen to twenty percent of AEW's roster are under twenty five years old, mm-hmm. and they are they are they're being kind of pinned to be the stars in five or ten right. years, right? But maybe send them on an excursion to Impact or or somewhere, right? To let them get in some more matches against some more people and then come back. Like I don't necessarily want them released because I do think they might have a big future. But I would like to see yeah. them get more matches elsewhere. I, um, I feel the same. Yeah, yeah. I, I I just don't see their upside. I see their upside as performers. Yeah. Uh, I just don't know if they'll ever get the opportunity that they just got again for a right. good while. So right. it's kind of like, you know, maybe if there's greener pastures somewhere, it might not might might be in their best interest to yeah. seek out somewhere else, whatever. But, you know, hey, as w- an Oklahoma City guy yeah. uh, who has been living with the Thunder Post, Westbrook and Durant and uh, Harden, where every year is a rebuilding year and, hey, we've got all the best draft picks and we've got all the whatever, I kind of sympathize with the, uh, <laughs> hey, these are all future stars, man. You just got to stick around. <laughs> as a lifetime Louisiana resident, I, I, I have always felt a kinship to the Oklahoma City Thunder because you guys took in the Pelicans after Katrina yes. and that will yep. always mean a lot to me. Yep. Um, so Blake Lee, we had Blake Lee versus Hook. I was a little disappointed yeah. in Blake Lee. I was hoping for something special, but the more I thought about it, the more I thought there's no way this is actually the top guy because mm-hmm. they're not going to have him beat Hook. Nobody's going to beat Hook right now. That's crazy. Right. And it needs to be a squash. And if he's an actual, actually their top guy, I don't think they want to come bring him out and squash him. Right. Um, I basically bought what they were selling me when I should have seen through it immediately last week. Yeah, me too. I think I was like, who's this guy? I thought maybe he'd be a little flashier. Yeah. Really wasn't much to him. I mean, he might, he might be very skilled and have a lot of potential and they just didn't intentionally show it. But you know, the bit where he, uh, threw himself into the ground in front of hook, <laughs> I don't, I think. I think Hook actually was – I think I was actually a little bit of Hook's fault because I think he he was already out of position, so it wasn't as impressive when he stepped out. 
yeah. the position, yeah. you know, like it needed to be like this great orange Cassidy move where he just sort of sidesteps and, you know, but it, it just looked like the guy was going to miss him and made himself look bad. And, but you know, hooks hook can take it. He's, he's cooler than everybody there. So exactly. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, we were talking about where he's going from there and we might talk about it when we talk about, uh, revolution predictions, but mm-hmm. you know, he's got a, he can, he can keep squashing people a good long time like yeah. this, but I think after a while, people are going to really be, you know, especially how they play up the rankings and everything, you know, you're three and oh, and you're getting a world title shot. Yeah. Or five and oh, well, like, it's like he, MJF isn't in the rankings. He's had one loss ever in three he's one years. In, he's, he's, but he's one and one in uh, 2022. I see. That does make sense. All right. Here's another match I want to talk about on here. And that, well, that was. <laughs> Uh, that was uh was it Reba Renegade? Robin Renegade, Robin Renegade. versus Britt Baker. Her twin yes. sister Charlotte Renegade made a huge yes. promise on Twitter. As you can see, yes. go watch my twin lick some ass on Rampage on Friday night. This led to one of the greatest uh wrestling threads I've ever seen. Yep. Mainly reaction photos and gifs. Yes, I say gifs because I grew up with the word and I know how to pronounce it. I know gifs is gonna lose the war. But I'm sticking with it. Tony Khan, of course, with the great. Well, no one's going to top that because in the end, no one got their ass licked. There was no ass licking in that entire match. Now, look, I didn't see all AEW programming this week, so I don't know if there was no ass licking at all, but definitely not in that match. And I know a lot of you got really excited about this. And of course, there were examples in the thread of ass licking that has actually happened inside the AEW ring. Not this week, not on Rampage. I'm afraid that's going to have to wait. She left it up, though. She God did. Bless her. It is now her pin. She didn't tweet. try to hide from it. It is her pin tweet at this moment. It has yeah. so many thousand likes and retweets. Yeah. And I literally next week I want to start. I'm going to start a social media segment because there's been so much greatness happening yeah, on social media. Um, so I think it's time for our regular segment. Um, that we got from our dear Paul Fontaine right here should have been on Dynamite. Uh, Kevin, let's start with you. What happened this week that you think should have been on Dynamite? I had a couple of things, and the people who are watching on video. I hope Paul watches this on YouTube. So I really, you Paul, the, uh, if you're avatar you selected for him. Go watch on yeah. YouTube. I think you're going to enjoy this. Yeah, it's great. It's very, yeah, it's perfect. It captures the spirit. Thank you. Uh, Okay, I've got a couple of things. Um, the first one I saw on Twitter, and it involved Aubrey Edwards. And this happened while uh, Dynamite was on the air. Uh, a man named uh, Mike Darty, Darty, I think, um, was tweeted at Aubrey and said, Hey, Ref Aubrey, uh, this girl in the third row in Atlantic City is trying to get your attention. And it's a photo of him with uh, the kids that he's brought, and one of them is dressed pretty much like Aubrey. Even though if you look really closely, she has a WWE logo on her referee shirt. But you know, the best a uh, kid can get. I hey, think that is an adorable outfit. That's I all really right. like I know, that. It's awesome. And and I love it. You know, she yeah. does. So he tweets at her, This is like uh this is about a half hour into the show. Okay. So, you know, clearly she came there to try to get Aubrey's attention. So he tweeted at her. And the best part of this that made this so like just uh got me in all the feels and it was just so pure and good was that Aubrey immediately responded uh, and said, like, what side? Where is she? Yeah. And responded again and and said, I'm going to find her during Rampage. 
And then the next thing you see is the dad tweets this photo that we put up on the YouTube this? side. If not, if you can't see it, if you listen to audio, look up Audrey, uh, Ref Aubrey um, on Twitter and you'll see the thread. This photo it is, is so the great. most pure goodness of, you know, Aubrey Edwards finding this fan, having a moment there. Um, you know, I don't know how you work that into dynamite, but I would have loved it if they had just had something like that to show. You know, to me, it just shows like how fan. Yeah. Uh, how fan friendly uh, they are and how little of a barrier they, you know, literal and figurative they keep yeah. between you the know, talent and the, peop and the people and that they let refs have personalities. Yeah. You know, something I think they should think about doing in the future is you see, they, this is on camera. You can see the cameraman when you check out this yep. photo in the background. We see the back of the young lady, and then we see mm -hmm. Aubrey, and her face is just electric. And you see the the other kids in the area just laughing and just loving this moment, getting photos. Yeah, yeah. So this is caught on camera. We've got this. Yeah. I think they should try and put together montages of things like this that happen throughout the day, and throughout mm -hmm. the show, to either run at the very end of the show, mm -hmm. or put on Twitter immediately after. Put on yes. montages of all these things, because I do think they're the most fan friendly major wrestling show out there today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I don't think that's you could even argue that at this moment. Just from going to the shows, mm -hmm. the shows are more fan friendly. I. I, uh, yeah, I contrast this with uh, I went, you know, I went to SmackDown uh, a little over a week ago yeah. here in Oklahoma City, and as I was leaving the show, you know, Sasha Banks was not on the show, mm -hmm. and as I was leaving the show, there was a poor gentleman sitting uh, a few rows up who was dressed head to toe, head to toe, and it's, it's Sasha Banks gear. Young oh, man, I, w I wish had, I'd seen this. This sounds he had fantastic. A satin Sasha Banks jacket. He had the uh, the bling mm -hmm. uh, rings, the knuckle rings that go across all the knuckles. He had a Sasha thing. He had like the glasses. He was dressed to honor Sasha Banks, and he was just sitting there in this chair as everyone was dispersing at the end of the show, just staring into nothingness because Sasha was not there. Oh. And I felt. I felt so bad for him. He went through so <laughs> much. He he put in so much work. Yeah. And right. It's something that should have at least been caught on camera, and hopefully it yeah. was. I, I don't know, yeah. but um, yeah, I've got to say well, that's why it makes me happy though to see like Aubrey. You know this this amazing photo of Aubrey. You know that you can tell they're both having a moment there. Yeah, know? I think like look, I I don't mean to get too deep into this. I really do think that we're going to have an absolute flood of female referees in the future mm -hmm. because Aubrey is an outstanding referee. Like. Mm -hmm. Everything about her, again, the ballet background, you see so much yep. in her movements in the ring and her fan interaction. I think it is mm -hmm. going to lead to a lot of future. Pro, like, yeah. And I don't mean this girl in 10 years. I mean, I mean 16 and 17-year-old girls right now are mm -hmm. going to say, you know what? How about I put off college a year, mom, and and, mm -hmm. and go to like Lance Storm Wrestling Academy, something like that, very and soon. She, and she... Uh... They would just go down a whole tangent of of her revolutionizing the ref game, but yeah, I she is unlike any ref I've seen, and a lot of that is in her expressiveness of her physicality and things like that. Yeah. That um, is, you know, I know some purists, you know, our own John LaRocca is like he hates it when anything you do to notice the referee, you know, that's not what mm -hmm. they're there for. But she has learned how to um, become an almost conductor. You know, not, not literal, but I mean the way that she points 
uses her body to point to the action and things like yeah. that, that, you know, great refs have done. Um, but she just does it in such an expressive way that I think is like really interesting. And I think, like you said, there's gonna be a lot more people like her in the future. I've been watching pro wrestling since I was literally like three or four years old. And I know I went to a match when I was four years old mm -hmm. and this is the first time in my life where I get excited when I see that Aubrey's the ref and mm -hmm. I'm not distracted by Aubrey. Like I'm watching the match. Mm -hmm. She adds to it. She adds flavor. And I think it's a situation where if you could put her in matches with people that maybe don't quite have the personality they need or aren't quite the draw, I think she can benefit them. Mm -hmm. I think she helps those matches along. And uh, I think she can add more of a spotlight, like you're saying, directing people's eyes kind of where they where they should be mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh, and do a little extra if the wrestler isn't quite uh, experienced enough to, to get it all done themselves. Mm -hmm. And I love it. OK, your second one. I'm really excited to talk about. Give us your second one. Yeah. So this uh, this was over the weekend, the promotion Defy in Seattle area, the Seattle, Washington area. Just the pain um, and everyone else in Seattle. I am really jealous that you guys no. get Defy um, because this everything seems like, I see that comes out of Defy so it seems so awesome, man. Yeah, it. I I I've, I've never actually I've I've only seen Twitter clips and things like that, yeah. but it seems yeah. like it's the best indie in the country, right? Um, and they have a lot of New Japan participation, a lot of AEW cooperation. Yep. Um, so there's a couple of homegrown people in there uh Let, one of which namely yeah let's talk about buddy wayne let's talk okay, about yeah. buddy wayne as a way of introducing nick wayne okay so buddy yeah. wayne uh, was a long time um basically a long time worker wcw wwe um and he he's a guy who went in and, and lost he's a guy who came in and lost to people he put the he put the top guys over and he has been a long time guest long time contributor f4w and wrestling observer and i've been listening to f4w and wrestling observer since before the merge since 2005. me too and uh i mean back when like i think we've probably mentioned i know i've mentioned this to you probably on the podcast as well like first time i heard brian alvarez interview homicide i didn't know who homicide was i didn't know who brian out brian danielson right. was the first time and i remember buddy wayne would come on and buddy wayne was ridiculous and he had crazy stories mm -hmm. and so super invested in buddy wayne over the years and then I learned he had a wrestling school that was basically in like a, a kind of a barn on his property. Yep. Trained Brian. Trained Brian. And of course, Brian has gone on and trained people who are actually in AEW. Buddy Wayne has sent people into the big leagues. And then his son, who I didn't even know he, I didn't even remember. Well, I remembered he had a son, but back then he was very young. And then that guy, yeah. Nick he Wayne. He may not have been born yet when we started listening. For real. Because he, he is like 17 years old, 17, mm -hmm. 18 years old. He just turned 17. Yeah, and he's been making a, a lot of appearances in GCW over the last six months. Mm -hmm. And apparently, of course, wrestling in his home promotion, Defy. And I'll let you take it from there. I just wanted to, wanted to get that Buddy Wayne, Nick Wayne connection yeah. out there, which is so, why we're so interested in this guy. So I guess I would love to hear from like Brian or uh, Jim Valley or someone who, um, you know, it is is involved in that promotion yeah. or at least you know that is more familiar with it to really give us the real story but what it seems like to me is that nick wayne is as homegrown a talent as you could possibly have like yeah. he literally is like the kid who grew up in this promotion and so he's wildly popular and apparently he's also really dang good yeah for a 16 year old 
uh, kid. He and is most of the time when I've seen him on GCW, he's the best wrestler in GCW. Now that's not the highest bar. Right. I love GCW. They're not a wrestler's wrestling company, mm -hmm. but he is by I think far and away he definitely the best has worker. The, he has it. Yeah, and uh, you know, but he's sixteen. He's real thin, and you know, sixteen. Uh, wow. Yeah. I think he just turned 17. Okay. And okay. so the GCW show that was uh, pay-per-view recently, I guess someone actually outed him to the commission and he was barred from performing because he's not 18 yet. Oh, at the Hammerstein Ballroom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but so the fans were really behind him. So apparently he had a match, he had a match for the, for the uh, Defy World title against Chris Daniels um, and lost. Mm -hmm. And after the match, um, this is, I've only seen it on fam cam. Uh, Brian, by Alvarez. Brian Alvarez, actually. Yeah, Brian Alvarez has the video up on his Twitter at Brian Alvarez. Go check this out. Mm -hmm. And uh, Darby Allen shows up and he says, You know, um, I have something for you. And he pulls out a piece of paper in his pocket and has an AEW logo on it. And he basically says, I have an AEW contract. Do you want to take it? And uh, everyone goes crazy. You can yeah. tell by his face. Oh, they face, go wild, either. man. Either Nick, I don't think this was a Fuego del Sol situation, you know, where it's like you're not really sure, yeah, where the, how much was work or not. It appeared pretty genuinely a big surprise to yeah. uh, Nick Wayne. And I don't know um, how blown up he was from the match, but yeah. it, like he was kind of hanging on the ropes, and he he yeah. kind of sold it. Like he took a little while, yeah, to to to, to like acknowledge it and say yes, which yeah. he eventually did, and I loved he did. it. Yeah, yes, and I yes, think there was actually. genuine shock. I think you're right. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, there, there hasn't been a follow-up. We haven't seen like, an, there's been some mock-up, uh, you know, Nick Wayne is all elite graphics and, um, things like that. And I guess that he actually was at an all elite, elite show. There's a photo of him backstage from a while back. So I don't know how long he's been on their radar or if mm -hmm. Joey Janela said something, you know, who, who, who actually got him to look or, or even, you know, we've been talking about what kind of deal is this? Because he is only 17. Yeah. And they may not be able to actually sign him for real, but maybe it's the kind of like their equivalent of those next in line contracts yeah. or what they did with um, uh, John Huber's son, yeah. Brody's, um, where it's basically like we're going to get first look at you and pay you a yeah. little bit. You know, Kind of like a developmental deal. Right. And I, I kind of hope that's what it is. So it's yeah. sort of like he can continue to just do what he's doing, maybe do some dark and elevation. I would love to see shows. him as like a regular attraction on dark over the next few years. Yeah. Don't need to see him on dynamite or rampage for a while. Like I want to see him when he comes out, I want him to be, be able to be our next hook. Right. Like exactly. Send Nick. And, and so this is a little bit of a, uh, uh, should be on dynamite later. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our should have been on dynamite segment. We are stretching to the limits, and I and I don't mind it's, it. It's it's a loose concept. Yeah, it's just everything that's happened in and around AEW that we think you should be aware of. We're gonna get these categories straightened out fully here in the next in the next couple of weeks, I think. Um, and I think doing it via video as well as audio is gonna end up helping because I know it's gonna help. It's helping me keep keep like not jump around as much because i literally will have should have been on dynamite on the screen mm -hmm. um and i remember this is what we're talking about so i've got two things first bte had a pretty good segment this week like for the longest time we had uh, alex reynolds john silver pursuing a friendship with budge with adam cole adam Pe adam adam cole yes listen y'all when we get adam cole adam page i'm gonna butcher 
the names so bad. It's going to be a nightmare for everyone listening, but I appreciate y'all hanging in there with me. And so for the longest time they were pursuing them, he hated him. He hated them. They wanted him to change his name to Budge because they thought he should be a manager, which mm -hmm. by the way, Keith Lee's BTE. here now that BTE needs to readdress his being a manager. Um, but this week we see him enter his hotel room and listen, there hasn't been a lot of good on, on BTE for a while, but this was great. You see him enter his hotel room. He climbs into his bed, crawls over Alex Reynolds, tucks in, in between Alex and John silver. And he's trying to get comfortable. It's not working out. And then you hear his girlfriend, Britt Baker, basically yelling at him from across the room and the camera pulls out and you see Britt Baker alone in her bed. And I don't even remember exactly what she said, but she is not happy. And she wants him to get John Silver and Alex Reynolds out of this room immediately. Oliver Cop reminded me of this actually yesterday by just talking about how great Britt was on BT. It's a phenomenal scene. It's really, really good. <laughs> And uh, I was glad to finally see something solid and to see John Silver back not calling a woman a bitch. So that was yeah. solid. And my second one is basically this week I decided to watch as many vlogs as I could. I watched Ethan Page's vlog. Mm -hmm. uh, let me, you know what? Let's start where I started. I watched Danhausen's vlog because now it's mm -hmm. called Danhausen, like has an AEW vlog. I should have screen capped it to share here. I didn't. But in his vlog, like he invades Ethan, Ethan Page's vlog, like Thunder Rosa comes into his vlog and they're filming. It's like vlogception. They're both filming their vlogs at the same time. And she makes some big plans I'm about to talk about with Dan Housen for next week. But uh, Ethan Page's, Ethan Page's vlog had good things, but they weren't like cut well like you would just this see this is more of a slice of life blog right? yeah like, exactly you like get eight minutes of guys like in the process of getting seats at a restaurant you don't just see mm -hmm. them as action is happening but dan Housen's vlog is phenomenal because you see everyone seeking out dan Housen, and including thunder rosa and she's like asking him all these things asking him if he likes tacos then asks him if he likes ass, to which he responds, I'm a big fan of the cereal Bootios. And so they start talking about Bootios, all this, and then Thunder Rose is talking about how much her fans love ass. And I'm like, okay, apparently I need to go see what in the hell is going on on Thunder Rose's vlog. And uh, turn. this is what's going on right here, ladies and gentlemen. And listen, oh my gosh. if you're not on, the YouTube, on, on our YouTube right now, you need to be. So two weeks ago, sexy photo shoot and surprise booty battle two. There's a lot of booty going around this on going on around this vlog. She did not spell that right, um, and it's just a picture of uh, of ass and a solid <laughs> one at that. And then this week's video, it's okay to cry in the current curious case of the icy butt, as she is pointing at some random woman's butt and grinning. It is all ass all the time on Thunder Rose's vlog. Wow. Until next week, when she is picking Danhausen up at the airport in San Antonio, she is taking him to the Alamo so he can do the tequila dance in front of it. Okay, and then yes. she's taking oh. him out for tacos. Great! That is a must see this week, everybody. That's a must see. <laughs> I have a feeling we're going to have video from that next week. Whether we yeah. get pulled or not, we're going all in on this. Danhausen, yeah. even if it's a five second video of Danhausen doing tequila in front of the uh the alamo that alone so i think we've got amazing i think we've got to go there 
And yeah, that's my should have been on Dynamite this week. Check out what Thunder Rosa's got going on. Not only not only here in the recent past, but also next week. I think it's going to be really, really solid. And now I think it's time to talk about the matches coming up next week. I'm going to start mm-hmm. out. We've got a pretty good match here. Uh, well, I'm going to throw it to you. We've got a pretty good match coming up today on Dark Monday. Give us that. Yeah, one. that's a, a, yeah. On, the on Dark Order. I didn't even match. see this coming. Yeah, yeah. The Dark Order against the acclaimed 2.0 and Daniel Garcia. That that's, should be that should a, be as they say a banger. Yeah, because not only it not only do we get John Silver and Alex Reynolds who have been phenomenal in all their tag matches, right. we're finally getting to see the actual Dark Order original Dark Order tag team of Evil Uno and his tag team partner whose name is escaping Stu me. Grayson. Stu Grayson. Thank you, Kevin. Um, Stu Dose. Yeah, and then and then of course we're gonna get five thrown in for the heck of it. I kind of wish it was Colt Cabana. I think that's the most powerful or ten. That's the most powerful dark order combination. But this is gonna be a seriously good match. Everybody in this match can really, really yeah. work. Work rate wise, yeah, like Alan Angels can clearly go. Yeah, that should be a ton of fun. And that's not even before we get to dynamite. Yeah. So okay. So that that's already been taped. That would have been taped yeah. Wednesday. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so, so what do yeah, we have a Dynamite, this Wednesday. Dynamite. That's Dynamite's pretty loaded already. We've got uh, Sammy Guevara versus Darby. That's a big uh, kind one. of out of kind of out of nowhere. Yeah, for that's the a TNT really title. big one. And that's one of those ones where you're like, that anything could happen anything there. Could I, happen. I don't think they would just take the title off of. It feels Sammy like, like it's, it's moved too much recently. It needs to stay right. with Sammy for a while. But uh, a so, nice feud yeah. between two of the the, the more popular all time mm-hmm. TNT champions is really interesting. Right. So that that should be really good. They've had a really good matches in the past. We've got the Jericho Hager versus Santana Ortiz match that we already talked about. That's a straight up bop, y'all. That's going to be yeah. good. <laughs> uh, Mercedes Martinez versus uh, Rosa. Um, no DQ, so lead pipes. Oh, and, Thunder Rosa uh, bloodbath. Teeth are going to be flying. Yeah. This is going to be reprehensible to every woman who was previously watching. Um, oh, I'm what's the lead in again? Blood next week again, probably. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be bad. It's going to be. Ba- it's going to be fantastic, though. Come on. Uh, that that actually should be really really good. And yeah. then um, uh, Wardlow versus Max Caster in a qualifying match for the Face of the Revolution ladder match. This is interesting uh, because we've had yeah. Wardlow against Scrubs and we've had Wardlow against CM Punk like a top guy. Mm-hmm. This is kind of the first time where we see him against a mid-level guy like Max Caster. And I'm really interested mm-hmm. to see how this goes. How much offense is Max Caster going right. to get and how much interference are we going to get from both sides potentially? Right. And so he was against Blade. Um, yeah, that was the first and, one we saw like this, and 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 it's you know it's it's also telling that now he's going against heels. But yeah, Caster is interesting because Caster is like a heel, but people really like him too. So yeah, he's they, over. they may not want him. You know, they might not love seeing him get smashed over and over and over again with right. power bombs as much. So mm-hmm. his his rap must be really good to really. <laughs> I hope he's, that's he's how have to really turn it on on that San Antonio crowd. Kevin, I really want that to be how Max Caster gets booked. Every Monday morning, he sits down with Tony Khan. He gives him his rap, and Tony either yeah. gives his match or doesn't based solely on the rap. Right. That's yeah. That's you know the be. Bengals are going to get buried this week, though, right? Like the Bengals are 100 yeah. percent going to get buried in that rap. Oh, totally. But he's also, I mean, he's probably going to make an Alamo joke or something. You know. Yeah. For make sure. Local to make the people hate him. And then probably the match I'm looking the most forward to this week is uh, Brian Danielson versus Lee Moriarty, which will 
could be a torture session. Could also be him recruiting Moriarty into yeah. his uh, fledgling dojo. That's the first thing I thought when I saw this because I thought I didn't think Moriarty was the biggest enough name to be wrestling Brian Danielson. Mm-hmm. And I think I do think there's going to be some casuals not be that into that match for that reason. Yeah. But it's a name that was mentioned just a few weeks ago. This mm-hmm. could be a recruitment thing. It could be him showing Lee Moriarty in the ring and telling him in the ring how much he has, how much he can learn from Brian Danielson. And I would yeah. love to, I think that's a cool idea and I'd love to see that and think this could be the first step. Maybe let's say the first of three steps to us getting Brian Danielson versus Daniel Garcia. Mm. And that is Shangri-La, my friends. That is what we're all here for. I want to see, I wanna see an entire, I want to see an entire rampage dedicated to that one match i how long do you think until that we get a rampage like that because i want that i want a one hour rampage match i really want that that you know that is something that you know we talked about how rampage is the b show but it's also mm-hmm. the best b show there is you yeah. know and it's such an easy show to watch uh you tune in one I, hour you're out yeah. you enjoy your fr- it's great you couldn't I, ask I, for better I do wish, like I said earlier with the page match, that every once in a while they would just say, This match is huge and we're gonna we're gonna dedicate this show to it. Yeah. And you know, and um and make it feel a little I would uh, love more to unique. see like UFC when they moved to Fox, they had UFC on Fox One. I was there in LA. It was a one match card on paper on, on TV on Fox. It was Kane Velasquez Kane versus Junior. Yeah, Junior Santos. And the thing it well I was about to go deeper into it. Basically, both guys wanted to pull out, but neither could because that was the only match. But uh, I would I would love it if, even if it wasn't a full hour, if they started with like a little bit of a preview of the match, you mm-hmm. talk to a couple of people, uh, you talk to a couple of people in the crowd how they think it's going to go, then you, then you have the entire match, you have it finished five minutes early, and you talk to the guys afterwards. You talk about what this is going to lead to. You have the heel basically threatening over what happened in the ring and what's going to come next and how this guy's going to pay. Give me that one hour and I will be the happiest camper out there. Yeah. And it's low risk. Yeah. Do that is if you know, you've got two guys who can give you a killer match. I guess the only downside is that, you know, I guess the only downside is that, you know, that, um, rampage is never going to outperform dynamite. Yeah. And so if you have a match that good, you know, you want but, people to see it, etc. But we've but we've seen with the punk thing. If you do something special enough, that that show can pop a number. And I think, yeah. like you've mentioned, the DVR numbers. I guarantee um, you, they're almost the exact same as Dynamite. I really yeah. do. Hundred percent. Yeah, I bet they're really close. Because if they're yeah. doing five or six, like what you need another three or four hundred thousand. Like, I think you're gonna. I think you're gonna get that if you're a hardcore AEW fan. I think we've mm-hmm. seen. The floor for dynamite, let's say eight ninety, something like that's the floor. I don't mm-hmm. think after the live plus threes, I don't think Dyna, I don't think Rampage is ever going to get under eight or nine hundred thousand. I really don't believe it. Yeah, I think especially if they start to put some some more oomph behind it. Yeah, this, this week is not big on oomph, although there no. does have very intriguing matches. We have uh, hit us with them. Dante uh, Dante Martin versus Will Hobbs, which is kind of a rematch from just recently, but That's it's a, a fun qualifier. match. It's a fun qualifier match. We already know week. that. Yeah. yeah. And it's a big storyline match. Yeah. Um, who, like, I think we all know who who history would say was going to get into the face of the Revolution ladder match. That's Dante Martin. You want the high flyer. Right. But man, 
we talked about before the show, you kind of said like, man, Hobbs and Keith Lee in yeah. a ladder match. Yeah. That could be some craziness. I'm seeing Keith special. Lee tipping a ladder with like 850 pound dudes on it over. Yeah. Give me that, man. Just deliver yeah. me that, A and W. AEW. Just, sorry. A just yeah. Dan House just, got me all tongue tied. Just, <laughs> just start them off in opposite corners and just have them keep running into each other until one of them falls. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then after that, we also have uh, Jay White's in-ring debut against Trent Beretta. So they made a point that so, the la that the two times he's been on AEW programming, he's targeted Beretta. Mm -hmm. um, that should be a good match. Trent is the best of the best friends when it comes to in-ring. Yeah, hundred um, percent. And uh, when it comes to serious wrestling, anyway, it's a and and for all the New Japan lovers out there, and there's a there's there's dozens of us, man. There's literally dozens of us. That's a big <laughs> match. That's a great matchup. Yeah, we could break 13, but that's right. Uh, but uh, I, I'm excited to see what Jay does. You know, I've always wondered um, if Jay's style in New Japan was what he wanted to do or mm -hmm. if just how Bugato booked him. Right. With all the stalling and the really long matches and things like that. So I would expect some of that, but, I'd, you know, um, I'm really interested. I'm really interested like, where that goes and, and to see if uh, Jay is just sort of a novelty for now or if they're really going to be building something with him because, you know, if he sticks around, he could be the guy who comes after uh, Cole if Cole doesn't take the title. That would be a phenomenal match. That would be, and I don't know if I've seen that match before. I don't think I have. Well, they did it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Hangman and Jay had a match for the U.S. title on one of the New Japan shows in, in uh, Long Beach or when they were in, in California. Okay. I, I was on. I've seen. Was, I have not seen as many of the American shows as I should have. They're oh, always, for whatever reason, more difficult for me to catch. Those shows were so good. He had. He had a great match. It was the one where um, Jay White, uh, like, came at Jr. Mm -hmm. and Josh Barnett left the table to go oh, after yeah. him to shoot. Where, where yeah. Jr. actually got injured. Match. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I saw it. Then I just have to go back and. and... My memory's garbage, y'all. My short-term yeah. memory is horrible. <laughs> No, this is a pretty solid. So this is a pretty solid week of matches. We've got really fun stuff on Rampage. We've got a lot of big matches on Dynamite. We're in the the build up to Revolution. I think it's one month away. Uh, I think things are about to start really heating up in AEW right now. And I think Kevin is completely frozen. Kevin is completely frozen. That's fine though. We're at the end of the show. Everybody, follow Kevin online at Kevin Ely. Uh, come follow me at Peppermint Fatty and all social medias other than TikTok, where you're going to throw an X on either end of that. And I hope you'll check out fightgamemedia.com. Check out uh, our Patreon, patreon.com slash fightgamemedia. And if you're listening if you're listening to us and watching us on YouTube, I hope you'll come subscribe to the Fight Game Media podcast. The boom is there every Monday. And if you're listening to us on audio, come check us out. Watch at least a couple minutes on uh, on YouTube and give us some suggestions on what we can do to make things look better. This is not the final product. This is only the first product. Uh, so I hope everybody has a great week and we'll talk to you all again next Monday. Have a great one, everybody.